0: The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. So D Reddy and John Cadell are with us to talk through the weekly music news. Dee, can you just start actually by giving us some examples of things that people can go to hear over St. Patrick's weekend? What sort of the best gig guide is there?
1: Well, there's absolutely loads happening, Matt. So on Thursday, um, March 16th, there is... Ballad walking tours, they're kicking off from Grattan Bridge. So you can join Dublin balladeers and entertainer uh, Show Fitzgerald. That's for a musical walking tour, which sounds like a bit of crack. Um, and then something I'm actually going to myself is Mother Presents Culture Club at the National Museum at 6pm. There's plenty of stuff happening at Collins Barracks across the weekend. That particular night sees Elaine May, May Kay, Bobby Arlo, Pastiche and a whole load of other people playing. So it's going to be absolutely great crack. Do come over and say hi if you head down to it. And then Pogue Mahone at Whelan's on that night as well. Um, on Friday then there's the Keela oh,
0: give John a chance oh, to oh sorry sorry Friday, go on, on. <laughs> I was
1: just excited about Thursday
2: yeah lots of Diddley Eye music Keela and a brass band <laughs> with Junior Brother and the Bonnie Men Jiggy Trad Rave DJ which I'm actually intrigued about and more that's a Collins Barracks uh, from noon on Friday also Annie Mack uh, a legend to many of us uh, mm, in today FM and beyond uh, she's got a club night called Annie Mac before midnight that's on at Figure Street and uh, at the Three Arena it's Bicep, uh, which is good to see them playing such a big venue uh, from Belfast, they are. And support is from Searsha and Defect. So now.
0: Okay. And something that's not on this weekend, but tell us about Hosier's choice of venue to play in Dublin next month. D.
1: Yeah, so he is playing Malahide Castle, which is a such a gorgeous venue for him, um, and he's going to be doing a smaller warm up in Dublin City Centre next month, um, which uh, the tickets At the are Academy, is it? Yeah, that's right. And so the tickets are on sale for that on March the fifteenth, um, and I just think like to be able to see an artist mm. like Hosier in such an intimate venue for anyone that's not been to it, it's usually the kind of place that you would expect to see a much much smaller like five so, or six.
2: Months. Yeah, capacity, exactly. Like,
1: oh, like what an opportunity.
2: Yeah, yeah. And Which, the, in
1: some respects,
0: might he be better in a small, intimate venue like that, rather than in an open air? I don't know about John? that.
2: Some. Oh. Uh, I don't think so. I saw him play the Electric Picnic in, I think, 2019, and he just commanded the stage. The thing about Hosier is he has a breath of music whereby his sort of softer songs will work in a smaller venue, but also there'll be the sort of the sing-along crowd-pleasers at, uh, at, at a stadium size event. So his m- music sort of fits to... It sort of, like, adjusts to fit the venue that he's in. He sort of has that universal sound, I think. So no bother to him, regardless of where he's playing.
1: And his voice a would fill a... up the stadium.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Let's hear his voice with Almost. <laughs> Do I owe each kiss to lip and cheek as soft as check and sing? Let's get lost and let the good times roll. Let smoke rings from this paper doll blow, sweet and thick till every throw. Now talking of great Irish voices Van Morrison has been churning out material in recent years and a lot of it has been dissed as maybe the product of uh, paranoia during lockdown but could it be John that he has returned to form with his new album Moving on Skiffle?
2: Well it seems that even Van is sick of his own giving out because what he's <laughs> done now is he's releasing an album of 23 Skiffle standards. Now for those who may not know what Skiffle was it was sort of the British uh, version of sort of blues folk with a beat behind it. The most famous proponent of of which was Lonnie Donegan famously a huge uh, huge influence on the young John Lennon whose first band the Quarrymen were a skiffle group and skiffle exploded across the UK in the late 50s and very early 60s but anyway Van was obviously uh, of an age where this music captured his imagination so he's paying tribute to the sounds of his youth with an album of 23 cover versions of uh, skiffle uh, classics I suppose you call them moving right, on let's s-
0: hear one of them
2: and yeah. moving on hand,
1: take me down I got a pretty woman in Tennessee. I'm moving on. Oh, well, I'm moving on. She's fine as can be, and she's waiting for me. And I'm moving on.
0: Do you what you make of that from Van Morrison?
1: I mean, I'm happier to hear him singing <laughs> rather than giving out about things. Although a lot of places have noted that he changed the name of one of the songs from Mama Don't Allow to Government Don't Allow. So he's still, get, he's still getting the, 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 the kick Giant in there. Thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: But isn't it amazing the way his voice hasn't deteriorated one iota? He still sounds he like sounds classic a classic kind of fan. Like yeah, amazing. he does.
1: And he does sound like he's having an awful lot of fun on those yeah. tracks. Like you can tell he really loves the source material. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and the voicing is valid, given that, and I don't want to sound anyway way ageist bringing this up, but his voice does sound remarkable for being 77, doesn't
2: it? Well, you know my theory that the, the male voice appears to get weaker and weaker as age progresses in a singing uh, styley, whereas the female voice doesn't appear to um, in the same way. If you think of the greats mm-hmm. like Aretha and even the likes of Madonna, the voices don't deteriorate. Um, but I think you know, if, if you think of the, the, their male counterparts, there's, there's very, very few singers, male singers who sound as good as they did 20, 30 years ago. Very few.
0: Well, I wonder how good Miley Cyrus will sound as she gets older. I was shocked, Dee, to discover today that she's now 30. I suppose maybe because I know her as Hannah Montana yeah. from the time when my kids would have been watching when they were all small, when she was in her heyday doing that. But her new album's are eighth. This is a woman now with a serious body of work behind her.
1: Well, I mean, it's no surprise, Matt, that she released her first autobiography when she was only 16. Like, this is a woman who's managed to fit... Three lifetimes into three decades on, on the planet. And, and, and like to John's point about people's voices, um, and how they change, like I actually think she has grown into her voice in such a remarkable way. She sounds better now than I think she ever has before. And the music that she is releasing now, even though she is a bit of a chameleon, to me feels very much more her own personality and her own taste um, than maybe she's ever had the freedom to before. And I, like, I, like literally everything she's released in the last year, year and a half, I'm just like, give me a spoon, I'm going to eat that right mm. up.
2: Yeah. I mean
0: The new album is Endless Summer Vacation. Let's hear a little bit, before we hear from John, <laughs> let's hear a bit of Miley Cyrus singing Rose Coloured Lenses.
2: So, John Cadell, you were about to say... I was just about to say, like, she can sing absolutely anything. The last album she released, I was particularly looking forward to uh, Plastic Hearts. It had a very sort of rock vibe to it. And if you recall, around the time she was doing a a lot of covers. She did Jolene. um, She did um, Edge of Seventeen by Stevie Nicks and... She also did a phenomenal cover, which I remember us here talking at the time about um, her cover of Heart of Glass by Blondie oh, yeah. and where Debbie Harry was sort of had this sort of resigned tone to her voice that she was hard done by. Miley Cyrus treated it and interpreted it as though she was really, really annoyed and she spits the lyrics out really aggressively. So like apart from anything, she can interpret songs really, really well. But yeah, she is like, she is one of the pop stars of the 21st century because she literally can turn her hands to anything and as Dee said the first couple of albums of her career were sort of Hannah Montana albums whereas she actually had to make a like a lot of, I suppose, Disney kids or child stars, she had to make a conscious break from her sort of kiddie past. And I remember that at the time it was the twerking with Robin mm-hmm. Thicke um, that shocked everybody that, you know, well, this is my this is Hannah Montana twerking. But, you know, if she hadn't done that, she'd have been stuck in sort of uh, child star land forever. So she had to make a break and become an adult and do it on her own terms.
0: And the Wrecking Ball as well. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to picks of the week. You've both gone Irish this week. Dee, what's your selection?
1: Um, So my pick of the week this week, Matt, is from Deshoda. So their uh, debut EP comes out, or sorry, his debut EP called uh, Never Enough comes out tomorrow. Um, And this is one of the tracks that has been released from it already. It's called Looking For You.
0: It's a certain kind of half-life. For moments to pass me like I'm living without the facts Only I Keep looking for reasons to ask I guess I'll leave it to chance I like it, but that's very, very, very
1: influenced by
0: Groove Armada.
1: Oh, 100%. There's actually a load of influences you can hear there. Um, yeah, but like, uh, uh, great to see that kind of music coming out of, out of Ireland, Matt. Um, and they are playing a gig in the Workmen's Club tomorrow night to launch the EP if anybody fancies going along to it.
2: John. What's your pick? Yeah, this is an album that we've been sort of trailing on and off for the last few weeks, um, U2's Songs of Surrender. So for those uh, who don't know, this is where U2, over the period of the lockdown, uh, they sort of reinvented and reimagined some of their back catalogue uh, in, in order to give the songs some new life. Now, I, I know U2 uh, cynics will think this is like, you know, the last gasp of, of a dead band, but it's, it's very much, I'm heartened in that at last you two are doing exactly what it is that they want to do Um, whereas over certainly the first decade of of this century they they seem to be chasing trends a lot but I think they're far more comfortable in who they are and they just decided this would be a fun project to do on and off they have two or three other projects on the go which are 90% finished Um, there's a lot of life left in them so for anyone who might think that this is sort of a a stopgap album in a sense I suppose it is because it's a precursor to what's coming next which is going to be Apparently, Matt, uh, big balls-out rock and roll album, you know, just literally plug and play. But this is a nice excursion for uh, U2 fans. And it is aimed, I think, primarily at U2 fans. Uh, I don't think they're looking to get any new audience from this, but it, it's it's nice. It's it's some of their best-known songs in a, a different style. And I think we're going to take a clip of uh, a new reimagined version of Beautiful Day. Hello, but
0: you got no day Destination. You're in the mud In the maze of her imagination You love this town Even if that doesn't ring true You've been honest. All- Okay, that's better than one or two of the other things I've heard from the album so far. That's an enjoyable I, job. I really like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing about it is you two love tinkering. They're, they've been talking for years about re-recording the album, Pop, because they said it was released unfinished. Also, they they re-recorded the sweetest thing for uh, for a, a single back in 1998. They're always sort of looking back at what they did, and they're never, they never seem to be happy with what they've done, which is probably what it is that drives them forward. Yeah, but
0: hold on. If we're not happy with it, though, as fans, does that mean we're begrudgers at D?
1: Potentially. Like the Edge did a really interesting interview with Pat Carty in the Times and like he did say that like he finds the the begrudgery, a bit baffling and that it actually it reflects it's part of part part and parcel of Ireland and mm-hmm. that's something we've spoken about before um, on this segment Matt. like I just think people are so quick to criticise not so much when you two are involved but when Bono's involved and it's, mm-hmm. it gets to the point of being unkind and he also said in that that while other people may think that this re-releasing of tracks is, is somehow a cynical move or to try and get more money out of people that actually a lot of these tracks Tracks were recorded when they were primarily a live band. And as he said, always trying to reach the back of the hall. And this is making it more intimate. And I love that about it.
2: But Bono also said famously, he said the difference between America and Ireland, he said, is that if you see a big mansion on a hill in America, the Americans go, someday I'm going to get myself a house like that. In Ireland, they go, someday I'm going to get that there's a <laughs> reason they don't yeah. call it the Irish dream yeah yeah and you know like and the thing is of course like Bono will but be but
0: hang on is that just a way of insulating yourself from criticism
2: well I mean nobody rarely like I can't name somebody else who isn't a politician who has been as vilified in recent years as Bono has oh um, I can name loads for you well maybe so but uh,
1: they they don't have graffiti of the likes that goes up about yeah. Bono like and for no good reason but as far as I can see like is, he's well meaning for the, like for, for most of the
2: stuff he does, even if it annoys people. Yeah, and it isn't cool to say that you admire Bono, but I mean, I know a lot of people, uh, far more people who admire him than, than think you know bad things about him. I mean, he, he does put himself out there. He himself has said that, you know, even his band find him annoying sometimes, and he goes, yeah. and he said, I have to live with myself 24 hours a day. How do you think I feel? So he acknowledges it, and he's emotionally intelligent enough to acknowledge that he isn't everybody's cup of tea. And it is an Irish thing, but I bet you, you know, we can slag Bono as Irish people but nobody else better oh yeah <laughs> you know John
0: Cadell and D-Ready thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word on Today FM The Last
1: Word with Matt
0: Cooper Weekdays from 4.30 Today